Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Wise Woman Podcast. We are moving into a three-part series, 30 Things That I Have Learned in My 30 Years. This is going to be a combination of mindset, spirituality, mindfulness, entrepreneurship, alignment, all jumbled together. And I encourage you to stay present for all three parts and to Really find yourself in a calming space as you are listening to these sessions. I'm so excited to share this three-part series with you and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Wise Woman Podcast. This is part three of a three-part series 30 lessons that I have learned in my 30 years. I just celebrated my golden 30th birthday and it has been so fun hopping on here and sharing with you so many mindset practices, woo-woo spirituality. We're actually diving into a lot of spiritual things on on this, this specific episode. A lot of the things that helped me launch and scale my business in alignment, traveling, living in Israel, living in India. Thank you all so much for being here. If this is the first episode that you are listening to, please go back, listen to episode one and episode two. All of these episodes were released on the same day. So go in there. May you enjoy it. Please message me on Instagram at Aaron R. Doppelt. Let me know which lesson most resonated with you. Let me know if you feel the same. I think the greatest thing I love hearing from my community is me too. Me too, Aaron. I get it. Or wow, I didn't even think about it this way. So please let me know. It means so much to me. I really love connecting with all of you. So please, please don't hesitate to reach out. We are going to dive into number 21 to 30 on this episode, which will conclude our series, even though I am, I've been reading over my notes and there are really so many more things that I do want to add in. So there might be a little encore episode as well. All right. 21. It is important to honor, be kind and welcome in your best friend's best friends. This is something that I constantly realize over and over and over again, and I'll also add a little asterisk here, including their family, right? Your best friend, you're going to see their family at life events, at weddings or bar mitzvahs, quinceaneras, baby namings, baptisms, whatever the life event is, you are going to likely see their friends and their family. Also, social media is a pretty amazing thing where I do get to keep in touch with a lot of periphery people and just know they were traveling, maybe they had a baby, and just being able to connect with them at the next big event. Nobody talks about this. Why doesn't anybody talk about this? Your best friend's best friends you are going to see often. I see them all the time. I'm super grateful that I adore them, that I've gone to middle school and high school with these people, and I think they're really amazing human beings, and just because of my travel schedule or kind of just life in general, we aren't nearly as close. And I think it is so important. I know it is so important to stay on good terms with these people because they will pop up in your life. I know for me, I try to, if they have a registry for their wedding or or they did have a baby or anything in that trajectory, I do try to get them a gift or just stay connected in some capacity because you are going to see these people. And the same is true for family. So always being on good terms with these humans. Again, if you this isn't true if you feel like they wronged you in some way. So making peace and honoring that as well. But in general, nobody has ever said to me, Aaron, <laughs> Be friends with your best friend's best friends or always be on good terms with these people because you will see them all the time. And I'll even add in, I have even become closer with some people that I lost touch with because of my best friends. And it is so fun that we all get to hang out together and their friends have even become closer friends of mine as well. So be friends with your best friend's friends because they are going to (laughs) be in your life whether you desire it or not, and you may as well make it as enjoyable as possible. So that's number 21. It is important important to welcome in and be friends with your best friends, best friends. Wow, I said friends a lot in that last one. Okay, number 22. Magic occurs outside of your comfort zone. 
This is a big one. I truly believe if you want to transform your life, if you want to transform your business, you have to step out of that little circle. Just picture like a circle written down and picture yourself on the outside. So things that make you uncomfortable, maybe you sweat just thinking about it. You are stimulated in that thought pattern. So for me, this is solo traveling. And I want to, I have so many notes under this category because there's just so much I want to add in here. If this is a new concept to you, I invite you to go out to lunch by yourself, sit by yourself, eat in public, and just see what it feels like to eat by yourself. If you are somebody who has eaten by yourself many times, I invite you to book a trip or Drive somewhere and go on a solo expedition. You, your own energy, your own thoughts, your own feelings. When I was living in India and I moved to India in 2015, I was 24, 25 years old. There were all of these advertisements. So I was working in the slums of Mumbai. I was in Mumbai and Diwali was coming up. Diwali is the festival of lights. It's a Hindu holiday. It's amazing. It's kind of like Christmas, Hanukkah. And I was, I had two weeks off where I didn't have to teach in the slums. This was about December of 2015. And I decided to go to Rishikesh, which is in North India. And I've heard of it because so many Israelis travel there. And once I started looking into it, there was this one ashram that had really great advertising. It's called Mama Yoga Ashram, M-A-A-M-A-A Yoga Ashram. Okay, if you see their advertisements, do not go. So I went there for a week. I was doing an Ayurvedic yoga, like Ayurvedic treatments, yoga immersion. I remember it cost me $500 and I couldn't believe I was spending that amount of money. It seemed like such a huge number at that time. So that's why when my clients come to work with me, I really get it. Like I was 100% there. Like I know what it's like to be financially insecure and to spend that type of money. This was before I even started at Columbia. So this was a, a whole nother feeling state. And when I was staying at Mama Yoga Ashram, the guru on site, his family owned the place and he just got married and he was going through a separation. Anyways, he essentially, I was experiencing when I was there, I had like really, really tight hips. I was also it was after two months of living in India and no one was hugging me. And I know that might maybe sounds kind of silly, but I come from a family where we hug and kiss and hold each other all the time. I had a, a serious boyfriend before that. So like intimacy or even being held was something I was really used to. And living in India, I wasn't having any of that. Like no one, I just didn't have any close intimate relationships at that point. I did end up dating somebody in India after that, but up to that point, none of that was happening. And I was telling the Ayurvedic doctor, this guy who owned the ashram, about this desire for physical touch, like how my hips were really tight because of just my lifestyle in India and all of these other things. And he took that information and asked me if I wanted to be his girlfriend. And it was so inappropriate and I felt so uncomfortable and I was so upset over it that I left, that I packed up my things. I said, fuck you, like this is like this is disgusting. I need to get out of here immediately. And actually, you know what? The truth is I did for a second, maybe five seconds, allow myself envisioning a life with this man in his ashram and just for like a split second, just to visualize what that lifestyle would have been like, really wasn't for me, was pretty grossed out, packed up all my things, was really upset and found myself walking the streets of Rishikesh, which sounds really extreme in this. It sounds really extreme. It's a beautiful area. There's so many Israelis. The Indians there speak Hebrew. There are so many different expats. There's cows walking down the street. The most amazing food ever. Really vibrant life. So many places to stay and so many different ashrams. And I was so out of my comfort zone. I was so uncomfortable. This like crazy thing just happened at this ashram. And I'm walking down the street and I'm asking God for a sign. I'm asking the universe for a sign. I'm so alone. I'm like in the middle of nowhere. The sun is about to set. 
And I, I literally see this woman glowing on the side of the road. Like it's so crazy. She was glowing, standing on the side of the road with a bearded man. We make eye contact. I walk over and I say hi. I mean, I people don't do that. I walk over, I say hi. She ends up being this super loving, like really amazing woman who lives in Amsterdam. And she says, come stay with me in my ashram. We end up getting a room together at Anand Prakash Yoga Ashram in Rishikesh. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. It is a, I mean, it's like a, at the time when I was there, it was a super rundown ashram, but the yoga was spectacular. And she was with this guy from New York, and I, I'll just say his name. His name is Ellie. This is kind of a crazy story in itself, but I told Ellie how I... I was I applied to Columbia University. He ended up applying and getting in before I got my acceptance letter. We are now close friends. He lives in Tulum. I lead retreats there. Many of you might have been on that retreat with me who are listening. So you know exactly who I'm talking about. Anywho, you are always being guided. Magic occurs outside of my comfort zone. I'm doing the best yoga of my life with my friend Pip. I'm seeing my friend Ellie every day. We had this great group of of really spiritual yogis. I was motorcycling through the Himalayas, like through the Ganga rivers with these like incredible Israeli men. I was so happy and connected. And one day I'm with my friends and they decide to go to this random vegan restaurant for lunch. I walk into this vegan restaurant and I'm feeling just so aligned, so in flow, so grateful, so happy I listened to myself and left and left that ashram. And I walk into this vegan restaurant and there's a man there who looks so familiar. And I look at him and he's looking at me and I'm like, I know you, don't I? I must know you. And he replies back to me in broken English and a little bit of Hebrew. And he was the juice guy in Machne Yehuda and the shuk in Jerusalem. I went to him I was living in Jerusalem in early 2015. I saw him a couple times a week and he's and he's like, yeah, I mean, I know you. I mean, it's just so crazy. I'm in North India. My juice guy is sitting in the same cafe as me. I know him from when I lived in Jerusalem. Magic, life altering magic, magic that makes me believe so deeply that I'm being guided in the universe that you can also feel this feeling state that you can also be guided. But it only happened because I went outside of my comfort zone. It takes small baby steps. If this is interesting to you, of course, we can always connect. So just DM me on Instagram and we can talk about this. Even more than that, just looking at your lifestyle and asking yourself, what is something that you've always wanted to do, but there's a little bit of fear behind it? Maybe it does mean that the first time you go traveling, you start your journey with somebody. I knew that when I moved to India, I wanted to go to India so badly, and I started my journey with the JDC. It's a Jewish organization and, and an Israeli NGO called Gabriel Project Mumbai, and working with them on the ground in India just really helped me integrate my experience in India. It also gave me a home base and a family. I had a very close crew in Mumbai and I needed an organization that would catch me when I landed and then I would take it from there. So number 22, magic occurs outside of your comfort zone. Number 23, go date that person and then you will know if it feels like home. So that's the biggest feeling state that comes up for me when I think about my relationship with John and I would even say my closest friends and and my family, that feeling state of home. So there's a beautiful proverb that I really adore and we and I I really I just want to reference it right now. And it's we are all here to walk each other home. We are all here to walk each other back to our most authentic version of self, to allow ourselves to be safe, right? The first chakra, the first chakra, the muladhar chakra, safety, security, comfort, food, shelter, your basic needs that must be met. And you can't hide away from the truth. So I have dated incredible people. I feel so, of course, I've I've really only had one or two relationships that I look back on and I'm like, err. But besides those, I've dated 
in, I had an amazing Israeli boyfriend, like a, an awesome Indian boyfriend, amazing American boyfriend and an amazing uh, American husband. And I learned what worked for me through dating. And I'll go a couple layers further. And I said this in an earlier episode. Once you know, you can never unknow. So once you wake up in the morning and you are with the person that you are dating during that time and you are in their energy and you have that feeling state of there's got to be more than this or anything like that, you must honor yourself and you must leave that relationship. You have to listen to that inner voice. Once you know that, you will never unknow. And yes, you might feel comfortable with that person. But because I listened to that voice, I was able to leave relationships, go to Israel, go to India, come back home and find my highest soulmate. So please listen to that to that inner voice. And I will be the first to tell you to try people on. This includes jobs. This includes friends. This obviously includes romantic partners. Of course, you don't want to treat them like a shmati, like a shirt that you put on and throw on the floor. Date people, obviously, with dignity and with kindness and with compassion. But if you are daydreaming about dating somebody, a different culture who speaks a different language or who lives in a different area, go do it. Go do it if, if you're single or if your relationship allows. Go date that person. You have that desire for a reason, even if it was instilled in your heart because of a movie that you watched or a TV show. Go try people on. Even if it's like every woman that I meet who I think is really cool, I always invite her for a coffee date, right? Maybe we could be really good friends. Maybe we could even be business partners. Go try people on. If you are stimulated by that idea, go date. Now, another thing that I really want to talk about, um, and I actually saw this on a TikTok video, which reminded me that this was a feeling state that I had. So another reason why I think TikTok is just a hilarious, epic place to hang out. Obviously, please honor the time that you are spending there because you can just waste so much time. You are allowed to quit. And I think for so long, especially if you are North American and listening to this, it's so frowned upon to quit school or quit a job or quit soccer or quit dance or whatever it is. And I don't know. I don't agree with that anymore. I knew when I wanted to quit playing the clarinet, my parents were happy with it. They they didn't really mind. And when I quit soccer in high school, which which might even still be a little bit upsetting to my parents, when I quit soccer in high school to become a theater kid, hey, that's like a whole nother conversation. I was a three sport athlete in high school. And then all my friends were in charge of theater and they like gave me the lead role senior year. It was so fun. It was still like the epitome of my acting career. It was amazing. You are allowed to quit. If you are in a shitty relationship, quit. If you are in a job that takes your soul, quit. We live in a culture where it's really frowned upon to quit. And I want you to give yourself permission to leave the things that don't serve you. Of course, make sure your basic needs are being met, like the shelter, like the uh, just enough financial security. And maybe there's room for a miracle. Maybe it does mean stepping outside of your comfort zone. But in general, Go try something on, whether it's a person, a job, a friendship. Go date that person if you are visualizing it, if it's interesting to you. Go find out and go date them. Number 24, food is your most, in- food is your most intimate relationship and what cystic acne taught me. How you feed your body is a form of self-love. This is one of the most important life lessons ever, ever, ever. Once you have a healthy relationship with food, you can go live your life. I still have friends who calorie count and and, and more than friends. Like I know my mom tells me all the time of, I mean, just people who obsess over food all the time. It just takes up so much brain capacity. You could have your PhD by now, but instead you are counting calories to 1,200 or 2,000 or 2,500, whatever you are doing. Women, Food, and God by Janine Roth. 
I read it when I was 22. It just radically changed my relationship to food. I also became a functional medicine health coach and nutritionist. I have worked in, in health centers and wellness centers before. I know way too much about holistic eating, I think. But the second that you have a healthy relationship with food, you will have the body you desire. You will have the health you desire. And I'll just add in here as well because I I weighed myself yesterday and it's not something that I do often. John and I travel. There's usually not even a scale where we are. Senior year of high school, uh, before prom, I did the cabbage soup diet. And it was totally accessible. Uh, it was totally acceptable to diet or to fast or to do whatever. Honestly, the cabbage soup diet, I was eating kind of normally and then just also adding cabbage soup to it. I don't know if I did it correctly, but I remember that it was almost applauded or like all of us were doing something similar to that and feeling really good and weighing myself on prom, which was 12 years ago, and just feeling really proud of that experience, going on and living life, I mean, I feel like everybody has such a fucked up relationship with food at that age. Um, And what's so interesting is I weighed myself yesterday and I was the same weight that I was 12 years ago at prom. I don't think about calorie counting. I move my body because it feels so good for me. I love to sweat. I have a, you know... I have a very healthy relationship to food and I want all beings to experience this because then you can go do other things in your life. Something that I will also add here, getting off the birth control pill was really transformational for me. It deeply affected my relationship to my body. I definitely gained a lot of weight being on it. I definitely didn't feel as good eating certain foods as a lot of research suggests that the birth control pill um, really affects the gut lining and possibly digestion. Again, you have to do what's best for you and your body. Getting off the pill was transformational for me. And my whole entire diet exists because of my skin. So many of my clients know this about me. So many of my family and friends know this about me. This is something that my siblings and I bond over. I have horrible cystic acne. It is on my chest. It is on my back sometimes. Not often, only when I have flare-ups, which really only occurs when I'm eating a lot of sugar, drinking cocktails, or not sleeping. That's also possible too when when I'm not sleeping. My whole diet revolves around my skin. So it's not how I like my weight or my figure or anything in that capacity. It's how does my skin look is a reflection. I choose how I eat based on how my skin looks. Now, John and I eat gluten and dairy free. I believe that like if you're an Ashkenazi Jew listening to this podcast, Eastern Europeans, ancestry, we cannot digest dairy. I'm sure you've probably known this. Cheese, of course. I mean, we're addicted to the protein, which is casein. Um, Try it out if you feel like you're bloated or gassy or you break out all the time too. I invite you just to to play with eliminating dairy. And I also, so my healthy relationship with food is due to a desire to have clear skin. I would choose a cup of coffee over so many different foods that exist. I love coffee. I even say to my clients, I hope I feel like a cup of coffee to you, really energizing and stimulating and like you're so excited you might shit your pants type of energy. (laughs) Um, No, not really. Not that part. Definitely not that part. But just to be held, to be heard, to be excited and stimulated. I really only have one cup or less a day. I look forward to it every single morning. And My relationship with food is something that I wish for all beings. The idea of waking up, eating food that is nourishing. I love cooking. I love garlic. I love garlic. I love fats. I eat a super high fat diet. It's why my hair and my nails grow crazily. Crazy, crazy, crazy. So if you are somebody who does suffer from cystic acne, something that really changed my life. If you're someone who suffers from acne in general, Pau de Arco Tea has transformed my life. 
And it is just a tea. I buy it off of Amazon and I drink it first thing in the morning along with a couple glasses of water. That has been really, really, really transformational for me. And these specific supplements that are called FemGuard and Balance by, oh shoot, who are they by? It will come to me. Um, but those supplements have helped my skin so much. So just know that how you eat can be affecting your skin, honoring your body, do what feels of highest good for you. Um, and more than anything, one of my mantras is I am so committed to feeling good. So like I said earlier, I'm so committed to feeling good that I choose foods that will feel good in my body, feel good in digestion. I also choose foods that will likely help me sleep at night. So maybe having a little bit more carbs later in the day. I eat what I love. I love to eat. I travel the world to eat. I love, I bring my clients on retreat just so we can eat together. Food is so important to me. I've always been a really good eater. I love everything. I love all the spices. And eating all the spices is also really good for you and your gut health as well. So all the turmeric, all the curry powder, all the different cumins and um, oregano. Wow, just so good for your body. Also something, if you make guacamole or if you make avocado a lot, put cumin in it. It just changes the game. So how you feed your body is a form of self-love. If you want to know about a person, and I say this so much to other CEOs that I work with and they're looking to hire somebody, take that person you're about to hire out for a meal and see how they treat their meal. See how they treat the waiter or waitress. See how they eat. Do they take time with their food? Do they relish in the experience? Or do they eat so fast that they're barely barely tasting it. You want to take time with your food as if you love it. You love something. So enjoy eating it. Spend that time. I know for me, I also love colors. So eating a huge plate with colors. I started my whole business working with women with eating disorders. That was something that was so important to me because we have such a fucked up relationship with food because of the unrealistic beauty standards in our industry. And thankfully, I really think that's shifting. I think a healthier body image is actually coming back into play. So if you or anybody you know is struggling with healthy eating, with a healthy relationship with food, please message me. I have a huge network that can support you. I can support you. It's something that's near and dear to my heart. Food is your most intimate relationship. Number 24. Number 25. Who you are exists on the inside and how you spend your days is how you spend your life. So I have a hard time getting dressed in the morning. It's something that I've, I probably don't talk about often. It's I visualize myself in flowy red dresses all day, every day. Like that's who I think I am in my head. And what's most realistic is me to just probably put on yoga or workout clothes most days and I honestly wear the same black skinny jeans or another pair of skinny jeans, which I know it's so like chuggy and not trendy anymore, but that's like what I wear often with a crop top or a flowy dress. Like these are the things that I wear. And for so long, I used to work with a life coach who was helping me on this even before I moved to India. But it was so important to me that people would look at me and say, she's a hippie or she's spiritual. Look at her. She's spiritual. She's wearing mala beads. Look at her. She's wearing a flowy dress. She must be spiritual. I have since outgrown that because I've realized, one, I don't give a fuck. Two, I am super spiritual and you better believe whether I'm wearing a designer outfit or not, it doesn't really matter. So that is something that I've really outgrown because who I am, my spiritual practice, my connection to God and the universe as I understand it is intimate to myself and it doesn't necessarily need to be reflected on every single outfit that I wear. This is also a conversation of minimalism. Like I said, John and I live nomadically. We do have our big wedding coming up. People keep sending us gifts and it's so loving. We so appreciate it and it's so nice and we like try not to go shopping because we don't have a home and I have I, I really like not thinking too hard when I get dressed and just having the specific outfits that I put on. It's why I love onesies and dresses so much just because the outfit is put together. So just knowing that 
minimalism is definitely a part of it. And um, where John and I settle down and choose to have a home, this idea of not not needing to know right now and being at peace with that not with not knowing. Something that I say all the time on social media that I share with my clients, how you spend your days is how you spend your life. So if you identify as a spiritual or mindful person, are you meditating every day? If you identify as a healthy person, are you eating vegetables and bacteria and high quality superfoods every single day? Are you eating farm to face? If you identify as a kind person, are you going out of your way to make people smile and and live their truth? If you identify as someone who is an entrepreneur and a CEO, are you showing up and selling and serving every single day? So how you spend your days is how you spend your life. And I will add in here, it is so important to me that I, I'm close with my siblings, that I'm close with my family, that I'm close with my friends and to have this healthy and loving relationship with my family and my parents. So how I spend my day checking in, and my sister and I talk all the time. So just checking in with my sister, checking in with my brother and checking in with my parents. I mean, I talk to my mom every single day and, and just to foster that deep connection is so important because I want to be somebody who spends their days not only mindful, not only spiritual, not only as a badass entrepreneur and CEO, not only as a loving and supportive wife, but super close with my family and connected. And I have this epic family and I love them so much. So that is really important to me. So take some time to ask yourself, like, who are you? And are you taking actions every single day? How you spend your day is how you spend your life. This comes up a lot in writing books. Um, to write a book, it just requires a daily practice, just a daily practice of sitting down with a cup of tea or coffee and writing. So how you spend your days as a writer is your life as a writer. Number 25, who you exist on the inside and how you spend your days is how you spend your life. Number 26, bet on yourself, put your money where your mouth is, shit walks, money talks. This is something, this is a big one. So it reminds me of this very specific memory. And it's so funny when I was, so I led trips to Israel and Europe since I was 22. And the first time I led a trip to Israel, I led it. Um, I was 22 years old. I led the trip with my best friend, Michal. We just met. This is how we met. We've been best friends for eight years now. She just, she's a bridesmaid in my wedding. She just booked her plane ticket to come in. I'm so ecstatic. So I will never forget this conversation we had because it was so funny. We were leading this trip with a couple other people. And one person, we were like hiking in Mitzbergamon, this like beautiful mountainous terrain in the desert of Israel. I was just so elated and happy. My sister was one of the participants on the trip. I just, my heart bursting. It was when I think of like some of the happiest times of my life, it was leading these trips. I'm just so in love with, uh, I'm so in love with those kids, half Israelis, half Americans. They're just, they have my heart forever. Anywho, we were talking about the work that we want to do with the world. And one person said, I really just want to make the world a better place. So keep in mind, 22-year-old me, I was so devoted to being kind. I was so devoted to the spiritual path. I was so devoted to compassion. And 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 yes, those things right now, I definitely look at it much more in a feminine lens and much more like in the divine femme is like a badass mama bear energy, which I way connect with more right now. And I remember thinking, oh, that's so sweet. He just wants to serve the world. And I turned to Michal and I was like, oh, that's so sweet. And she says, no, it's not. That's bullshit. Like anybody can say that. Like, what does that even mean? And she was so right. Like if you say you're somebody you want to transform the world and just make it a better place, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are your action steps? And I just love how she said that to me. I remember cracking up and she's so... um, I mean, just tachless bottom line, just getting to the truth of it, which, oh, I just love it. Anywho, 
this isn't interesting, right? It's not interesting to be someone who says, I want to make the world a better place. I want to start a business. I want to write a book. I shoulda, coulda, woulda. Um, that's actually an imbalance of the third chakra, the Manipura chakra, which sits at the navel. I talk about this a lot in my certification training. If you're a shoulda, coulda, woulda, you kind of make all of these projections on, oh, I should have done this, I would have done that, but this happened, I could have done it, but the timing wasn't right, just making so many excuses. And it's an imbalance of action, the aligned action. So just something to really pay attention to if that's in your verbiage. This isn't cute. This isn't interesting. This is playing small. So what is the aligned action needed? You have to bet on yourself. So many clients will reach out to me and say, Aaron, I want to work with you. I want to travel the world with you. I want to scale my business to 100K, 500K, seven figures, whatever it is. Great. I'm so glad you have that desire. Here's how you can work with me. So bet on yourself. Put your money where your mouth is. I wanted to travel the world. I wanted to travel the world. I booked a plane ticket. I wanted to have the highest accreditation possible so I could go out into the world and share my truth. So I applied to Columbia. I wanted to have a life-altering marriage where I woke up in the morning and thought to myself, I am in bed with the sexiest, most brilliant, most loving human being that ever breathed. So I showed up for a first date. I want this for you too. I want this for you too so deeply and so desperately. You have to bet on yourself. It doesn't always require investing money. It just means scheduling it in. Just schedule it in. I know for me, I, I want to write a book. All I have to do is schedule it in. I think I'm also going to hire a mentor to keep me accountable. So that's the other part of it. Hire a mentor, hire a therapist, hire a coach, hire a babysitter to watch your kids so you can pursue your passions. Do I like if money is tight right now, find something for trade. My whole business was for trade for a couple years when I was building out my business. I would teach meditation in exchange for like a manicure. I get it. I've been there. I hold space for that. I appreciate the journey. Hire a mentor to bet on yourself, to hold you accountable. Accountability is the most life-altering thing that will ever occur, ever, ever, ever. Accountability changes your life. It, it, it just guarantees you're going to get more of what you most desire. So <laughs> um, this, really, this really goes into play with how you spend your days is how you spend your life as well. Bet on yourself. If you want to be a yogi, sign up for yoga class, sign up for a yoga teacher training. Put your money where your mouth is. Shit walks, money talks. Number 26. 27. You are always being guided and I choose to believe in God. I choose to believe in the universe. I choose to believe in uh, and I'll even say, like, for me, I believe in Israel. You might believe in Mama Gaia. I know I talked about this a little bit earlier. Jesus, Jesus, the Quran, the Bhagavad Gita, Shiva, Vishnu, Ganesh, Buddha, the Divine Femme, whatever you believe in, I really encourage you to believe in something. Trees, energy, Mother Nature. Believe in... So, for example, I'm sitting here in my bedroom right now with my microphone, with my computer, with my phone on airplane mode, with some water. And I believe that all my ancestors are surrounding me right now. And they're so grateful that, you know, I could be the first woman in my lineage to ever speak up, to ever raise my voice. And that is likely true for so many of you. Women, we are the most privileged we've ever been ever in existence of time. We finally have female scientists who are telling us that our uterus, the fallopian tubes were named after some white man, Dr. Fallopios, whatever, in Europe. Women, we are the most privileged we've ever been. Now is the time to rise. So I, I choose to believe that it is my duty to my ancestors to speak up, to align, to raise my voice. I choose to believe in God because I've had so many mystical experiences. I do identify as Jewish. I feel super connected to my lineage and my culture. 
I do not enjoy going to services. I do not resonate with the stand-up, sit-down synagogue model. I love the sermon. I love my rabbi. I love my best friend who just became a rabbi, and his wisdom blows my mind. I love well, I love all spiritual leaders is, is the truth of it. I love shaman. I love priests and anyone who's preaching connection. I fucking love it. I'm here for it. Anyways, this is really what I wanted to talk about. I hated Hebrew school. That is not how I connected. And look at how I evolved. And I just think um, everybody has their own journey. The rise Anti-Semitism is on the rise. There is a lot of controversy going on in the Middle East uh, between Israel and Palestine. I'm very pro-Palestine. I'm very pro-Israel. I am super anti-Hamas, which is a known terrorist organization that occupies Gaza. So in case you wanted to know my political thoughts and feelings, that's where I lie. I'm super pro-peace. I think there is so much misinformation out there. Happy to talk to you more about it. Might need to save that for a future podcast. I believe that my purpose is to be a proud Jewish voice, is to have a large platform, share authentically, help people share the medicine on their heart, and to also be a Jewish thought leader. That is something that has always felt true for me for many years. And I do believe that is becoming more and more apparent every single day. Does something like that resonate for you? And I have some, and here's why. When I was living in a mostly silent ashram in India, when I was in Kerala, in a mostly silent ashram, I was with almost all Europeans and one other American and one other Canadian. And one of the Europeans denied the Holocaust. And I said to him, I've been to Auschwitz, Birkenau, Madonic four times, four times. And I've seen it and I can show you pictures. And he says, it's all fabricated. That feeling state of having that conversation and then moving back into silence because that was the main container that we were in that yes there's blood boiling and then it's just God kind of saying to me Aaron you have so much work to do so I know so I know those things are so upsetting and it just encourages me to keep preaching and speaking authentically and sharing the work that I share with the world I have a couple other stories under this topic I was um very, and I mentioned this before, a very, it wouldn't have mattered what anybody had said to me when I was in college. I was pretty stubborn, so I would have never like left or shifted or anything like that. I went to undergrad at University of Pittsburgh, and by the time I got to senior year, all my best friends graduated. They were all a year older than me. And yeah, I mean, I had like a nice crew for my sorority and I was had a boyfriend like all these things were like things were fine and I was given this really amazing position in Hillel which is like a Jewish community center for students where I was like an I was an engagement intern an engagement intern and they sent us to Washington University to for a week to kind of study all these engagement practices, how to speak about Israel. Like, it was so cool. I loved it. I met some really amazing people during that time. And I'll never forget this guy from Brown, brilliant, just being in his energy. He is brilliant. He has now gone on and done some really epic things. Um, I should probably reach out to him. Anyways, he asked me if I believed in God. And I said, I believe so deeply, so immensely. I believe in it more than I believe we are in the cafeteria right now at Washington University. And he replies and says, so you don't believe we're at Washington University? And to me, that was a really big mind fuck. It just really kind of showed me the matrix or the paradigm shift that your thoughts and feelings are so intense and so real and you choosing to believe in something that might not be of highest truth for anybody else is okay and does it question another thing that feels really real right now so i'm just gonna kind of leave that there and you can decide i would love to know what that looks like for you but that was something that really shook me to the core in that moment 
Another story that comes up when it when I think about my belief system, and I shared the story about how I ran into the in India when I ran into my juice guy. So when I was living in Israel, I was dating this sweet Israeli guy, and then I had one of those feeling states where I woke up in the morning and I knew this wasn't my person. And I booked, and that's, it's a jarring realization when you're alone by yourself in Israel, you have no plans. I mean, yes, of course I had Michal, I had like so many of my best friends there, but um, it's a scary realization when you wake up and you're like, I'm just not with the right person for me. So I had that feeling state. I go online and I book a bus to Shatim Bidmi Bar. It's the ashram in the deserts. It's literally a piece in the Middle East. I show up to the ashram in the desert. It's like, it's, it's, oh my God. And it was like, it was a really wild festival filled with shamans. So it was all shaman from around Europe, from around the Middle East, of course, from around Israel. And there was really bad weather. And I showed up there with just a bag and just a sleeping bag. Wait, just a bag and a sleeping bag and no tent. And you really needed a tent. It was getting to like 45 degrees at night in the desert. It was terrible. I had no concept of that. I was 24 years old at the time. I was, what the fuck am I doing? So I go to this event and I ask everyone if they have a spare tent. I really wanted my own space. I met the sweetest, the sweetest teens from Stable Kale and they said, come stay in our tent. So I was going to stay with them. I met these sweet women from Tel Aviv and I was going to stay with them. Anyways, I end up asking everyone for a tent. No, 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 no. But I'm invited to stay with all these people. It was really loving. It was really sweet. And I'm about to go to bed. And I go up, I was going to get a tea because it was so cold. I'm about to go to bed and I get a tea and this guy walks up. He was also ordering a tea and I start to talk to him and he was from the Midwest. Like he was from like Minnesota or somewhere. And I was just feeling so far away from home. It was so nice to hear someone who talks like me in Chicago. Not really. We don't really talk like people from Minnesota, but just someone in the Midwest. He's studying in Jerusalem. He had this super sweet girlfriend and we got to talking. We even had a couple of mutual connections because that's just what it's like to be Jewish. And I said to him, it's so nice to meet you. It's so nice to connect with you. Like you really... You're just like really making me feel like happy right now. And I said, I know this is a shot in the dark, but is there any chance you have an extra tent? And he said, yeah, of course. I actually have a single tent in the back of my trunk. And I'm telling you, God winked at me. So I go with this guy. I have my own tent the rest of the weekend. It was so amazing to just have This, I mean, it was so small, but just to have my own space, it was the best thing ever. I will also add in, because it was this really unique retreat in the desert with all these shamans, this one shaman knew everything about me, knew about my past relationship, knew that I was like in Israel trying to find myself, do some deep work, connect to the land. It was so transformational, really felt deeply guided. I, even my book, that I'm writing starts here. It starts with me. Uh, It's so funny. The whole retreat culminates in this five rhythms dance marathon that goes on for hours. And everyone's talking about it. Everybody's talking about it. And it happened on like a Sunday morning. So that whole amazing event is about to happen. And I put on my hiking stuff and I start walking in the desert. And I'm walking by myself in the desert. And I'm... I just got to Israel. I've been there for one month. I was planning on being there for five or six more or more months than that. And I'm really contemplating life and what I'm supposed to do and who I'm supposed to be. And I'm, I sit down in this little crevice in the earth and I just ask God for guidance. I just ask the universe for guidance. And I feel this full body, just life altering download in the core of my being chills and the voice the message everything is going to be okay you are constantly guided trust and I stood up and I walked back to the ashram and the second I got back to the ashram I saw a girl and I said hey I need to get to Tel Aviv she says I'm about to leave 
and uh, and I left, and it was so transformational. So my lesson for me, I love believing. It's been transformational for me. I hit my hands and get on my knees and pray when things are not feeling good. It is so nice for me to even talk about that experience because it reminds me of who I am and what really brought me to to this point, to who I am right now in this moment. So I encourage you to believe in something. Believe that your grandparents, your great-grandparents, your deceased relatives are guiding you. Believe that you are constantly being guided and and trust. Trust in a way that feels authentic and aligned for you and, and trust self. Uh, with that said, I do actually, ha, I do have a retreat in Israel happening in October. It's going to be two days in Jerusalem, one day in Tel Aviv, three days in the desert or four days in the desert. I need to look, but if you want to come to Israel with me in October for a transformational spiritual experience, deeply spiritual yoga, meditation, alignment, shaking chakras, uh, accounting of the soul, that deep inner check into self, please join me. In Israel in October, I will put the retreat in the footnotes. You can message me on Instagram at Aaron R. Doppel. All right, 28. We are, we are moving along. Number 28. Anything is possible, so I may as well dot, 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 dot. If anything is possible at any given moment, what should you do? Or what will you do? Excuse my should. That. That's, um, no. Anything is possible, so I may as well. You are here to go for it. Just finish that sentence and see what comes up for you. Anything is possible, so I may as well write a best-selling novel. Anything is possible, so I may as well work within my purpose, energy, and launch a healing business. Anything is possible, so I may as well go on that first date. Anything is possible, so I may as well apply to that program. 28 is short, sweet, to the point. Anything is possible. Everything exists right now in this moment. You hear all the time of women who, like the doctor told them they will never be able to have a baby getting pregnant. You hear of these stories that, these medical miracles. You hear of people living a radical life, speaking multiple languages, starting podcasts, YouTube channels, going viral, writing books, just falling in love with their Bashir, their highest soulmate, the person they're supposed to be with. Anything is possible. All you have to do is ask. Ask for the miracle. Ask people about the miraculous things that happened in their life, just so you can be reminded. Anything is possible, so you may as well go for it, number 28. Number 29, ready is the biggest lie we tell ourselves. Ready is the biggest lie. You will never feel ready. You have to just go and start. Start messy. Start unprepared. Start with toothpaste on your face. Start with unbrushed hair. Start with no makeup on. Fuck the makeup. Start single. Start broke, right? Start busy as all hell. Start in the middle of the night when you can't sleep. You have to just start. The pressure is on. If we've learned anything from COVID, it's that this was a radical awakening and and life or this, this lifetime around right now is precious. You have to show up. You have to share the medicine on your heart. Start now. Start today. I have a million different ways that in which you can work with me. Like I said, so many of you are asking me about Basecamp. Please message me about Basecamp. Tell me you listen to this pod, this podcast. I will hook you up. It is the place to be to scale your business to consistent 5K months in alignment. We have the mindfulness. We have the spiritual practice. Come in, join us. It's so fucking fun. Ready is something you will never experience. Whenever a client says to me, I'm going to reach out to you in a couple months when I feel more ready. Sure, maybe I'll write them down on a list to circle back with. Um but it doesn't resonate. Ready ready is now. Ready is in the present moment. A practice that has been transformational for my clients is to write your own eulogy. And maybe that feels a little bit intense, but that's okay. Sit down and write down your legacy, how you want to be known. I help my clients create legacy brands, legacy 
businesses and products? How do you want to be known? And then ask yourself if you are taking time to do that. If you want to be known as a businesswoman, now is the time to really show up for your business. If you want to be known as a spiritual yogi, now is the time to sign up for that yoga teacher training. If you want to be known as altruistic, now is the time to start serving, to start that nonprofit or to join a board. 29, ready is the biggest lie. Start now, start today. And last but not least, number 30. We are here. We are at the end. Thank you all so much for being present with me. I so appreciate you all being here with me and listening as I share, as I share my truth, as I share my heart. It's very vulnerable. So I hope, um, you know, I hope it lands or helps somebody heal in real time. So number 30, believe in yourself more. Believe in yourself more than you doubt yourself. Believe in yourself more than anyone or anything or any, any, any period, period, period. Your, and this is, your family might not support you. Your partner might not support you. Your siblings may not support you. Yes, I'm so grateful that I have amazing parents and I thank God for that every day. And I'm grateful for my partner and I'm grateful for my friends. And I believed in myself more. I trusted my inner voice more. My parents didn't want this for me. They didn't intend for this to happen. This isn't what they really desired. Are they happy with the result? Sure. But no one was excited when I booked my ticket to Israel. No one was happy with me when I decided to go to India. Even when I get into got into Colombia, sure, people were impressed. But it wasn't like anyone told me to do it. It's, And I think that's so important because I, as much as I want everybody to know that believing, your, believing in yourself, it's so lovely to have that support from your outside circle. And even if you don't have it, or even if it's neutral, it is more important for you to listen to that inner voice and to believe in you. It is so important to listen to your highest self. It is so important to listen to that inner wise woman. It is so important to picture yourself. You have to make two people happy. You have to make the person you are when you are 85 years old, Sitting in a rocking chair outside, you need to make that eldest version of you, that wise version of you, that grand great-grandparent version of you happy, and your inner child, who you were when you were six years old. Those are the people you need to make happy, not your parents, not your siblings, not your partner, not your best friends, the oldest version of you and the youngest version of you, who you are at 86 and who you are at six. That's who you need to make proud. That's, that's it. Believe in yourself more than any other inner critic, than any other compulsive negative thought pattern, than any other mistake or trauma that might have incur occurred in the past. I pray that you feel that support. It's why I invested in mentors. It's why I hired a business coach. It's why I have a psychic medium. It's why I have a therapist, right? I needed somebody to really hold that space. I needed to have mentors that were going where I want to go. So I pray that your loved ones believe in you. And it's also okay if they don't. And you are here to believe in yourself more. You are here to believe in yourself more. And if you are working on that, please connect with me because I will believe in you. I will hold that space for you. I will adore you so deeply that you will also adore every essence of self. You will show up in your truth. You will show up in that way. I am so grateful for my loved ones. I, I know they're so proud of me. And I, you know, I come from a long line of entrepreneurs. My dad's an entrepreneur. And my mom is a healer in her own, own right. And she worked in the wellness space for many, many years. And my siblings always reflect this this idea of going for it right my brother's a scout for the la dodgers my sister is the top of her class doctorate of physical therapy they went for it your greatest work is to show up and show up for your highest vibrational life 
your highest vibrational truth. Your greatest work is to show up playing small ends now. May this be your time to rise. May you take that aligned action needed to share the medicine on your heart authentically. This is going to look different for you than every other person that exists ever, ever, ever. Your whole lineage will applaud you as you show up for yourself. You might hear the plea in my voice. The world needs your medicine. The time is now. The pressure is on. Breathe in and show up. Number 30, believe in yourself more than anything else. All right, we did it. (laughs) We did it, we did it. 30 lessons, 30 years. May they be your mantras. May they resonate. Whatever resonates with you, please let me know. This This is very vulnerable for me. This is really the medicine on my heart. I, you know, I pray it's well received. I pray that it serves you. Um, Even if just one message lands on anybody's heart, then I have done my work. If it helps you shift from a negative thought to a positive thought, that is my, you know, that's my truest intention at my core. If you are interested in living the most radical life, message me on Instagram. There are a multitude of different ways to work with me. Everything that I really care about is helping people live their most radical life. Wake up. Wake up and share the medicine on your heart and whatever that looks like for you. All right. (laughs) Please rate, comment, subscribe. When you do, I get ranked higher on Spotify and iTunes and Google Play. It helps other people find me. And maybe this is the medicine that they need to hear. As always, I am so deeply grateful that you are present with me. Feel free to take a screenshot. If you do, leave a comment on iTunes or Google, or I think it's just on iTunes or um, Spotify. So leave a comment, take a screenshot, put it on Instagram, tag me at Aaron R. Doppelt. You get entered to win a free one-on-one session with me. I adore you all so deeply. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being present. I'm I'm just really happy. This is my heart to you. L'chaim v'ahava v'tuv lev. To life, to love, to a good heart, to all things good, positive, infinite, to being your truest, most authentic self. May this serve you. Satnam. Amen. Namaste. Namaste.